0: And we often think, okay, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What mindset do I need to have? What, how exactly does my life need to change? What does it look like to be a follower? So when we ask these questions, we've been exploring different stories in the Bible to answer some of these questions where people had an encounter with Jesus and what can we learn from them so that we can learn for us? How can we follow Jesus? Because the questions that they often had when they encounter Jesus, we're some of the same that we have. What does it look like? What does it need to change? How do I need to think? So that's what we're going to continue to explore today. And one thing that I've mentioned at the beginning of each sermon, and I'm going to mention again now, is that oftentimes we connect with certain characters in a story. We identify certain traits that they have, and we might think to ourselves, I kind of like that. I identify with that. I sympathize with it. And we want them to find a resolution for their own story so that we can find a resolution in our ours. so that we can share in their experience, and we can learn from them. And that's the same mindset that I want you guys to have again today. With the characters that we go through, how can we identify with them? What is similar in our story and their story? So That way, we can encounter Jesus alongside them. And what they learn, we can learn for ourselves. So the first week we talked about Levi, the tax collector, and how in his life you look at his past and it wasn't really something that you think, oh, of course he'd be a follower of Jesus, because his past pointed away from that. But despite his past, Jesus said, come and follow me anyway, and invited him to be a follower and the same way in our lives. In the same way in our lives, our past doesn't really matter as much because Jesus is calling us to something different and leading us out of the life that we once had into a different future. And then last week we learned about, um, we with the story of Peter. And how even though that he failed at following Jesus, Jesus still called him again and again, despite his failure. So we learned that in our lives when there's times where we fail or we struggle to be a follower. That isn't the end for us and that there's grace in our shortcomings and that even despite our failures, we can continue to be a follower of Jesus and we can keep on trying again and again and again, and it'll help us in that. So we're going to kind of continue building off of those thoughts that we had this week. Uh, And we're going to continue to look at what does it mean to be a follower? And particularly, we're going to look at the idea of faith. We're going to explore um, this idea of faith. What is faith? And how much faith do I need to be? How faithful do I need to be to be a follower of Jesus? So first off, what is faith? Faith is simply the trust, the hope, and that belief in God um, that a follower has. It was, begins us on our journey, that initial step of faith. I like how um, in Hebrews 11, The writer of Hebrews puts it, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Because faith, it's not that we look at it and we're like, oh yeah, let me look at this evidence. Of course I will. But it's something that we believe to be true and that we put all of our hope for. We might not always see it, but we hope for it. We put our faith in it and this helps us begin our journey, but it gives us the power as we continue in our journey that we focus in on jesus and yes i do believe what you say and that gives us the power to follow and encourages us to continue to follow jesus i remember when i first became a christian in high school i was about 15 at the time and during my first summer that i became a christian our youth group we went down to this church conference uh for youth and it's pretty awesome week, and one of the things that we learned about was one day we focused on this idea of faith, and how faith, um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, how that coincides with each other. And one of the stories I heard, and I heard it for the first time, was this story of these three guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where there was these three guys, um, the Jewish people, when they were exiled in Babylon. And during their exile, they were forced to uh, worship the king and the gods of that region. But rather than succumbing to that, they held true in their faith and decided, no, I'm going to stand firm. I'm not going to do that. And as a result, they were thrown into a furnace, but miraculously survived. And I remember just feeling like in awe, like, wow. It's like pretty awesome faith, like hardcore. And like, I wanted my faith to be like that. And then later on that night at the same conference, uh, we got to watch this documentary that they were making about martyrs around the world, where these people were dying and persecuted, being injured for their faith. But in spite of that fear, they continued on solid and firm. And part of me was just so encouraged, like, that's how I want my faith to be like. But there's this other side of me. I was a little discouraged in myself because I thought, is my faith really like that? Because, you know, I look at my life and I have some doubts. Is Jesus truly what, who he said he was? Is he really good for me? Is Can he really continue to bring me out of what happened? And then when my faith is put to the test, will I really trust in Jesus? You know, it's not just one thing to think about Jesus and believe in Jesus like in challenging times, but when we decide to be a follower and give our life to him, that's every aspect of it. Do I have enough in the day-to-day? See, because when I compared my faith to them, I didn't feel that my faith was as strong as they were. And I wasn't as confident or as sure. And I don't think I was necessarily alone in that feeling. I think that a lot of followers do have that feeling sometimes where we look at our faith and we think, and we have some doubts, and we allow that to creep in. We're not really sure, is Jesus truly who he said he was? Is he really the best thing for me? There's this part of us that want to believe, but we can't completely let go of that doubt that we have. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to focus on this question of how strong does my faith need to be to follow Jesus? How sure in Jesus do I need to be? And in order to find that answer to that question, we're going to explore the story of a father with an epileptic son. A little background before we dive into this story. So this story takes place in the Gospel of Mark. And at this point in Mark, Jesus is well into his ministry. He's done a lot of teaching and preaching but he's also done a lot of miracles, and he's done a lot of healing and curing people of demons. In each one of these stories that involves healing, there's this idea of faith, where the person who is being healed believes and is faithful, and that goes away. If they are sure that Jesus can do what he says he can do, then it will be done. And that's the kind of this idea and this motif in this story as we go into it. Because here we have a father and his son, he's possessed with this demon and it's causing these epileptic symptoms in him. I'm not quite sure how exactly that worked, but that is what we are told. And in this moment, he comes to Jesus asking for help. And in this moment, his faith is being challenged. And in this moment, he needs faith in order for his son to be healed. So starting in Mark 9, chapter 14, and when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and the scribes were arguing with them, and immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed, ran up, and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit, that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long do I am I to bear with you? Bring it to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed a boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about Foaming at the mouth, and Jesus asked the father, "How long has this been happening to him?" And he said, "From childhood." And has often cast him into the fire and to water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, "If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes." So I want to pause the story right there, real quick, and kind of talk about a little bit what's happening. So here. We see how desperate the father's situation is because this demon that's afflicting the son, it's a pretty powerful one. It's not just that it's afflicting him and causing him to have these seizures, but when he's having these seizures, it's going the extra mile to try to destroy him, falling into fire, you know, possibly being burned into water. Maybe it's going to be drowned. This demon is really out to hurt this child. So the father, of course, is like, i something has to be done. He loves his child, and he doesn't want him to go through this. So he comes to Jesus like, please, help. Him. If there's anything, Jesus, that you can do. And Jesus' reply is, if, well, of course I can. Because it's not an issue of can he, but because of course he can do that. Again, there's this idea of just believe and have faith. In the next verse the father's reply. I think it's, it's one of my favorite verses in scripture because it's so beautiful. And he says, in Mark 24, immediately, the father child cried out and said, I believe, help me in my own belief. I think this is not only one of those honest responses that the father could have given, but also one the most human, where yes, he wants to leave all of his heart, he wants to believe. And he wants to think that, yes, Jesus can do what he says that he can do. But there's this part of him that's not so sure. And he wants to, but he can't fully get there. And there's this conflict within himself. And I think this is where many of us can identify with the Father. Where there is this part of us that wants to believe Jesus, wants to believe God. that Yes, you are the best for us that there's other side that isn't so sure. And we second guess that initial belief and we're kind of wondering, okay, how can I handle the situation maybe? Or do I really need to give everything to Jesus? Is he really going to do what he say that he can do to leave me out of the situation that I'm in, to save me from my sins or give me peace in this life? And when our faith is challenged, we have the desire, but we're still not fully there. But in the story with the Father, what Jesus does next is pretty striking. Picking back up in verse 25. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. The boy was like a corpse, so that many of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he rose. See, here, Jesus doesn't heal the guy's son because he had this perfect faith. And when you look at a lot of the other stories, there wasn't an instant of doubt. But here, even with the father's imperfect faith, if you will, where even though he did have doubt, he had enough faith to say, yes, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And Jesus still helped him, even with that unbelief. And his faith didn't have to be perfect for Jesus to do what he said he could do. So what can we take from this story? Rather than asking the question, first of how much faith do we need to have, I think we have to rethink the question itself, rather than asking, how much faith do I need? Because that doesn't seem to be the issue, it's what kind of faith do I need? Where does my faith need to be focused on? In Matthew's gospel, he also shares the same story of the father and the epileptic son. In this version, uh, the disciples ask afterwards, because they tried to fit, cure this boy, the demon, but they couldn't. And they ask him, well, why couldn't we? And Jesus replies in Matthew 17, 20. He said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So the disciples, right before the story, there's this event called the transfiguration where they got to see all of Jesus' power and glory. Where for them, for their faith, they got to see the unseen. So they should have been sure. But there's still part of them here where they had noticed that they had cured demons before. So they're looking inwardly at what they could have done. It wasn't necessarily the amount of faith that they had was the reason, but it was where their faith was placed in, because they were focusing in on themselves rather than Jesus. Because, as Jesus said in a parable, he talks about a mustard seed. And a mustard seed, it's a very tiny seed that eventually does grow into this massive uh, tree or bush. And it says, even with faith as small as that, you can move a mountain. So what he's saying here is, even if your faith is tiny, you can still do these massive things. That God can still use that, even though we look at it as small. So with our doubt and our faith, even if we have our doubts, even if we're not fully there, God can still use that bit that we have to do some pretty amazing things. So I don't think doubt is necessarily a bad thing because it's a human thing. It's a normal thing in some way. But the same way that the mustard seed is small, I think Jesus has another thing with his parable because mustard seed, it doesn't say small, but it grows. And the same way, the more that we choose to say no to our doubt, and stretch out and on faith and try to live that faith our faith too will grow and some of our doubts will begin to go away and we'll be able to trust jesus more and more going back into mark and his version of this story when the disciples ask why couldn't they heal the boy? There's a slightly different response. And he says in verse 28, back in Mark 19, and when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, what could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind of demon cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And when we first look at that, we might think the other story said faith, and this one says prayer. You might think those are two different things, but they're actually kind of not. This prayer is an extension of us letting out our faith. It's putting our faith into practice because when we go to prayer, we're asking God, to please do something. We're putting our faith and our hope and our trust in him. It's this outward expression of what we're doing. So for us in our faith, when we have those doubts, there has to be this part of us that is willing to live out on our faith, to practice it, to say, I will do what you ask of me. I'll set aside my own faith, my own focus on what I want to do, and I'll focus in on you. And the more that we do that, the stronger our faith will become, the less we'll seem to doubt, even though that in our doubts, Jesus will still work within our faith. There has to be this idea of moving forward in the same way that last week when we fail, we move forward. So too, it is with our faith that when we doubt or we're not so sure, we're not as confident, we too then have to seek to move forward. And that's kind of the takeaway I want you guys to have this week. That as we go through moments in our lives where we ask ourselves, can God really work here? Is what God wanting me to do really what's best for me? Is He still present? That we set those fears aside for a second as much as we can and try to live out our faith. To ask God to help us in our unbelief. Because we want to believe. There's still that part of us that doesn't, but we seek to live that part that does believe, even though we're not sure we're willing enough to stretch out our hand and ask and live out that faith. Because being a follower is not about how strong or how much our faith is but merely that we are willing to live as if we do believe and the joy that we get from living that way is that our faith will grow the more and more and the more confident in our faith will become even though, um, even though that we have those doubts, God will still be with us in spite of them. And to be a follower isn't this idea of having that perfect faith, but merely living out our faith the best that we can. So let's pray. God, uh, I just want to thank you for, for you and who you are. And God, as I pray that as we try to live our life and different thoughts come up and we start to lose focus on you, that we can renew that focus on you. And even though this life can be challenging that we seek first you. And all that we do. It's Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.